Welcome to Fem Collective with Katie, Stacy, and Mai. Welcome back to Fem Collective Podcast. We're so excited to have another episode here on season two. Today, we're going to be talking about the comparison trap, and boy, is it a trap. So I'll just open it up with some of my thoughts and then let my lovely co-hosts jump in whenever you want to. Hold your finger up. Let me know when you you want to interrupt and you have some thoughts on this topic. But the first thing that I will say is there's this common quote I feel like that's going around now. And it says, comparison is the thief of joy. And I have to, even though it's very common, I have to agree with it (laughs) because it will steal your joy and sidetrack you from being able to see the beauty that's going on all around you and in your own life. And if you know me at all, you know, I believe that we are all uniquely designed. We all have unique callings and unique purposes. So our life is not comparable to another. The problem with the comparison issue is that we've talked about social media before on another episode. Um, So check that episode out. But one of the things is that when we're looking at other people, first of all, we're seeing on social media what they choose to put out there. I get to choose what I put out there. And like most people are not choosing to put out the adverse aspects of their lives. (laughs) Nobody's sharing like, man, I was really depressed today. Most people aren't talking, oh, well, me and my husband just, we just talked about the word divorce. Like nobody's really talking about that stuff. They're talking about their highlights. Oh, I got a promotion. Look at my beautiful children with their birthday cake and how I perfectly decorated their birthday party. So the problem is when we're comparing ourselves to what we see on social media, it's that we're comparing ourselves to unrealistic expectations. So then when we do that, there's this gap to where what we think things should look like in comparison to our own lives. And the other aspect to that too, is a lot of the times I've noticed personally, it happens when it's, there's something that's missed that I feel that's missing from my life, or there's an aspect of how I do things and I want to do them differently. And I'm perceiving that someone is already doing that. And then I'm like, well, they're able to do it like that. Why am I not? One other quick story I want to share with you all is that I was talking to a friend one time, we were sitting down chatting and this is a, a mom that I look up to a ton and she's like a great cook. She works full time. She's like in an executive position, has three kids, three young kids at that, is a wife, just being around her. So not even just on social media, I'd be like, oh my gosh, she's always cooking a healthy meal. She's always looking good. She's elevating at work. And I'm like, oh, my house doesn't look like that. And so I shared this with her, like when we were talking about comparison and she was like, what? She was like, if you only knew, sis, she was like, before y'all got over here, I was running around like a mad woman doing a dash, trying to make sure this house didn't look a mess. She's like, and then I find myself watching you with like your, your workouts. And I'm like, man, I wish I was that strong. I wish I was that healthy. I wish I looked like that. It's like, so it's like this thing around everybody's comparing themselves to everybody else, not knowing that the other person is probably looking at you. Like, I wish I had that. It's just got to stop because it's not beneficial. And it robs you of, again, being able to see the beauty of what's going on right in front of your eyes. 
And so those are my initial thoughts. I would love to hear Katie and my, what y'all think about that. Yeah. So I love what you said about not being able to kind of see behind the scenes of other people's homes, lives, adventures, um, difficulties, particularly, um, seeing and talking about people's difficulties is a thing for your close friend group. That's where you get that information. That's where you talk about your challenges and your trials and your struggles. And those are the people that can support you. It ain't the broader universe on social media, you know, but, but that's a very, very hard thing to break. I wanted to tell a story about, um, a most recent thing and it, and it's still present right now is kind of a, a comparison that's been driving me a bit crazy. So my husband and I had my daughter two years ago. And so We had a hard time, pandemic, late baby, you know, I was 35 when I had her, you know, we had no help during the pandemic. Our parents were high risk. And so it's just been this like really difficult challenge for us to transition into parenthood. And I look around and I see people who have two kids, three kids, and they're all right. They're on vacation. I mean, how are they doing that? You know, like what's wrong with me? That's what I think. Like my husband and I have decided we just want one child because it was really hard, even though it probably could be very different now that we're in a, you know, more relaxed state of the pandemic and we've got vaccines and stuff to help make it, you know, safer. But it's like, I feel like I am making this selfish decision about having one child because I think that I won't be able to do it. And I look at that compared to everybody else. I, I, rarely know one person. I don't even know like more than one or two people who have single, just one child. Right. And that makes me really question what's wrong with me. Why can't I, why isn't it okay for me to have another child? So that is like a very present thing right now of comparison, which of course I know, like intellectually, you know, you do what you can with what you got, you know, it's fine to have one child. There's nothing wrong with that. No one's judging you about it, but this is the thief of joy, right? I mean, I'm totally fine with my life when I look at it and I love it so much. I love this one child so, so much. Why would I compare myself to anyone else? This is my beautiful, wonderful life. So what Stacy said was like spot on. And this is a totally separate thing, but I read something recently about comparison is not good for us as we live, right? Like it's not good for me personally to compare, but where it is good is from an evolutionary stance. Evolution itself wants us to compare ourselves to one another, be the best and the best and the best among ourselves so that we can find a partner to procreate with. And that is the evolutionary like purpose of our comparison. And I had never considered that because I'm like, why, why, if we know how bad this is for us, why do we do it? As far as evolution is concerned, there is this kind of innate sense of wanting to be better and better looking and stronger and all of these things to, you know, continue to populate the earth. My, what about you, What's your experience and thoughts on the whole comparison dilemma? And thinking about the comparison trap, and just comparing ourselves to others constantly, whether we're comparing ourselves to other people or comparing ourselves to who we once were or who we want to be. I think that that's what I struggle with the most. So growing up, I definitely felt like I was being compared to all of my female cousins. I'm, I'm, I'm the darkest out of all my cousins on my mom's side. And, 
usually I would hang out with all of them. And so my hair is obviously the curliest as well. And I just remember always feeling like I'm not as pretty as them. I am not as skinny as them. I am not as interesting as them. I mean, there were just so many things. And and honestly, I, I had a pretty low self-esteem as a child. And it wasn't because my mom didn't try to boost my, my self-esteem per se. It's just more so, I think um, Stacy mentioned it in the previous episode, just what's the root cause and what's really the underlying issue. And in a home, in a single parent home, especially when the parent, the father's absent, a lot of times just girls lack certain self-esteem that they can only get from a a father. Psychologically, how we're wired, who we are, uh, you can't deny it. And so just learning more about it, doing some soul searching, growing up in in college and going to therapy. I've been going to therapy since I was 18, guys, willingly, right? It's just a matter of who I am. Um, Just learning all these different things and also growing my faith in, in my God, my creator, and making sure that my my value comes from him and how he views me, not how I am viewed by my father or by other people. It's helped me. And so a lot of times though, what I struggle with the most, I'll say, I compare myself constantly to myself, to what I could do yesterday, to what I could do a year ago, to what I could do 10 years ago. And it's frustrating. And and that's what I personally struggle with the most, so much so that my husband has to constantly tell me like, Where are you getting that from? I mean, who told you you need to do that, right? (laughs) And he's right. I I told myself that. That's the problem. I mean, and and just the biggest problem, I was was reading my devotion, I think last week, and and the Bible verse just rang near and dear with me because of this one topic. And it's found in Proverbs 29, 25. And it says, the fear of human opinion disables. Trusting in God protects you from that. And so a lot of times what's helped me in just my comparison struggles is that my human opinion may be personal or what I get from another human being. It is highly subjective. It is fleeting. I mean, it is something that changes from moment to moment and doesn't truly matter if I know where my value and worth comes from and who is my source. And so, and and just the evolution I've gone through personally is growing up and and coming from where I was a very, very unhappy and a girl that had very low self-esteem It's just taken time to introspectively like figure out what were the reasons why I felt so poorly about myself. And once I realized those things, using that, again, knowledge is power, using that to to fuel um, the shift that I had to go through mentally and just remember that there will always be someone prettier than me. And that's okay because that person is meant to be that beautiful. There will always be somebody smarter than me. And that is okay because there's no way in hell I can know everything. And so it's more so focusing in on while Stacy is amazing at being empathetic and, 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 and identifying and being compassionate. And sarcasm. And sarcasm. I also am amazing in just realizing that this is what I can control. This is what needs to be done today and move on. Well, I know Katie is going to be the best person when it comes to looking at what's out there, the research and reading books and and constantly making sure that she's self-aware and in tune with what's going on around her. There are times when I'm just in tune with what's going on within me. I think we have to get to a point where it's like, that's okay that that person's better at this than me. What am I good at? And then just acknowledging it. And I think that that's where 
this whole comparison trap thing that we fall in constantly, especially as working moms, I've been able to just focus in on what do I contribute in this situation? And when I focus on that, instead of what the other person's contributing, I'm in a good spot. That's such a, that's such a beautiful thing to say. I mean, I could, I mean, we could just end now because (laughs) my just, you know, such, such beautiful stories and, and things that you've taken away from this, uh, taken a closer look. You are so amazing. What, what you just said right now, where you said, why don't we just focus on the things that we're good at? Because think about if a friend came and and told you all the things that you think in your own head, right? Specifically, Maya and I had a conversation yesterday where I told her some of the most horrible things that I think about myself. And she, you know what she told me? She did not even try to sugarcoat it. She said, that is stupid. (laughs) I'm not kidding. She said, what you just said and what you think is stupid. (laughs) I know. And I was like, okay, I think she's right. Because, you know, when you just think about the things that you have done, the things that you have been successful at, the things that make you, you, then what is it worth to compare yourself to someone anyways? I mean, think of just seriously think about what you would tell a friend of yours. If they, if they told you the things you're thinking in your own head, you would say, come on, look at all these other great things that you are. Who cares how great that person is? Or instead how wonderful, how great that person is. So the thing that's coming to my mind about what both of you have said so far is first of all, my, you made a comment about like some of the thoughts that you had and kind of what you were almost entertaining and you're thinking until it was like, what, like, why am I thinking this? Like, that's not even right. There's this fellow podcaster. I know he has a podcast called who told you that. <laughs> and that's how he like announces it and everything. And it's so true. It's like, we have all of these beliefs and thoughts that we have perpetuated as true and continue to perpetuate. And again, if we don't check them against truth, we're over here entertaining these false beliefs and thoughts about ourselves. And I think that's one of the beauties that God has given us on this life journey. And Katie talked about it. I don't remember if it was this episode or another about there's some things that we're just instinctively wired to do like the secular science world, it's more so like they, they call that the ego or that, that part of the body that's here to just like protect and navigate fear and all these other things. And the beauty that I think God has given us is to be on this journey of learning how to regulate our thoughts and mind our thoughts and be like, what is true? Am I checking everything that I'm thinking against what truth is? And I think that's the beauty of this too. And I think that goes into the comparison issue. Are we checking what we're thinking about others in comparison to our lives? Um, and then the other thing I wanted to ask y'all, so knowing that comparison is an issue and it's been an issue. And I think it was an issue right before even social media, like moms are probably watching other parents and being like, oh my God, I can't believe she, you know, I can't believe Judy let her kids watch two hours of TV and like, oh my God, am I wrong for letting my kids. And it's like, you know, Jan, I've had a rough night. Okay. Like I was up for five hours with my child. Like, so it happened before social media too, which is obviously magnified now that we have that. But what I wanted to ask y'all is what are you planning to intentionally do? Cause we all have daughters to help them not fall into some of the comparison traps that we have 
so that the next next generation is better and brighter and more prepared for this type of dilemma. I'll start. First of all, who's Jan and Judy? Okay. That's what I want to know first. You don't, you don't need to know that. Okay. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, I think, you know, I've been thinking as we've been talking, like, so what am I going to do about this? I've been thinking about it more about for myself, but I think it can be translated. So the first thing is gratitude, recognizing the good in your life, right? The good about you, about the things around you, about your family, um, and focusing on that. The other thing is mindfulness, like just kind of being where you are when you find yourself, we've talked about this in loads of episodes, right? About meditation and how you just like part of the problem of suffering is wanting your life to be different than what it is. And so mindfulness attacks that in a way that's like, just stay here, stay here in this moment where you are right now, instead of thinking about the future or worrying about the past. Right. So that's the other thing is like, when I catch myself in some sort of spiral of, you know, how come I can't have more kids? You know, why can't I be, why can't, how come I can't manage that perfectly? Like everyone else I see, um, you know, when I catch myself in that, like there's a way to bring yourself back to where you are in this moment in your life and be present in your life by just something as simple as mindful breathing, just feeling your breath. That's it. I think that I can apply that to my daughter's life in some ways, right? Asking her when she starts down a path as she undoubtedly will in the future of saying like, well, she got this or she has this or he has this and I don't or however that begins, as I'm sure both of you can probably tell stories about, it's already happening with your children because they're older. How can I bring her back to the moment? How can I ask her about things that she enjoys in her life? What are the good things? What do you love about your room? You know, what do you love about the the vacation that we just went on? What do you love about school? And try to find ways to info, to have gratitude infiltrate her life in a more like direct way in an intentional way. But I'm so interested to hear what y'all think and how, how you'll try to, you know, approach that with your daughters. I love that Katie. Um, gratitude. I mean, it's something that I know like I start my day with and end my day. And then also at the end, when we're having family worship with our kids, we try to ask them also like, you know, what did you love about today? What are you grateful for? And it's one of the ways that we can like control our thoughts, right? And and be able to quickly realize, let me let me change this trajectory that I'm on. I'm on a bunch of negative thoughts and I, and, and I can find a way. But one thing I can think of, and I know that um, as I watched Social Dilemma in the last episode, we talked about it. One of the things at the end that gave me hope was just in how they were all explaining things that you can do with your kids to be able to, you know, avoid some of these horrible things that can happen with social media, but more so just focus in on making sure that I teach my kids principles, not focusing on the behavior, not focusing on a rule or different things like that. Cause I'm sure as you both know, or will soon know kids want to know why, right? They want to understand why, and they should, I don't think there's anything wrong with that because I want to understand why. And so if I'm trying to model or teach my child a principle, something where I want them to use as a compass in their life, more so why we should treat people well, why we should be in tune with how things make us feel, why we should do our very best to protect, take care of the world, 
you know, take care of our, our neighbor. I mean, there's so many good principles out there, but a lot of times we focus on the rule and how to do the things instead of the why. And so I think that that's one, one thing I took away from that documentary just so that I can glean some hope from because I, was, I felt so hopeless. But that was, that's one thing I do want to pass down not just to my daughter, to my son, to the children they hang out with, to anybody I can share it with. But I also want to share, I think one of the books that had the biggest impact in my life when I was in college. Um, and it was The Four Agreements. And once, once I really like understood The Four Agreements, and every time I feel like a little derailed, I try to go back to it. And I really want to model that for my kids. And I mean, I'm just going to say them here. We probably could have a whole episode on it. But you know, The Four Agreements are um, be impeccable with your word. Integrity, to me, it's huge. Whether or not people want to hear what you want to say, come with it, you know, with a place of love, but make sure you have integrity. Don't take anything personally. We can't. And I want my kids to understand that people, all of us sometimes operate from a lens or just from what's going on inside of us, not truly what what we're projecting, not truly what that person means to us. And it takes time to practice it, but I want them to understand that. Also, don't make assumptions. Just ask. I think I struggle with sarcasm so much because that's like, there's an assumption there that I hate, but you're assuming somebody gets your joke and they probably don't. But at that point, like don't make assumptions and just ask the question, just ask. <laughs> and then lastly, always do your best, but understand that your best changes moment by moment, day by day. And that's where I struggle with the comparison trap. I try to compare myself to the day prior, a week prior, a year ago. I have to remind myself to do my best and understand that it, what it is, what it is in that moment not what I think it should be. That's good. Y'all shared so much wisdom right there. I don't know that I have much to offer after all of that. But one thing I did want to say is there was this quote that I recently heard and it basically said that the words that we speak and then the way in which we deliver them becomes our children's inner voice as they become an adult. I mean, like what a huge weight that almost puts on us as parents, but it's a responsibility because it's, you know, with great, with much power becomes becomes great responsibility. But it really is because if you think about it, you guys have talked about these things, these principles and things you want to share, and it's going to become their inner voice to where they're going to learn how to check themselves and they're going to learn how to think through things. And so I think that's what resonated with me with, with what both of you said is that I've got to have that going through my filter as I speak to them. Like, is this what I want their inner voice to be like as they're older? Mm. And I want their inner voice to focus on what's going on with me. Did I please God today? Did I live true to who I am? Am I focused on my life and what I'm called to do? Or am I focused on others? Like, I want that to be part of their inner voice. Not, dang, why can't I look like... Susie over there, like, I'm not meeting the level of whoever. I don't want that. So I thank you ladies for sharing all of that wisdom and helping me steer the navigation of how I want to speak life into my children. And I hope this episode helps you to reflect on your own inner voice and how you speak to yourself when it comes to comparing yourself to others and then influencing those that you have influence on around how they speak to themselves and compare themselves to others thanks for taking the time to listen to us today 
please be sure to write a review and follow us wherever you get your podcasts. You can also find us on Instagram at Fem Collective Podcast, and we can continue the discussion by joining our Fem Collective Facebook group. Until next time.